You are listening to Radio Ramadan 365 Podcasts. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Ayahs 76 onwards recitation and after that will be an ad break uh, and commentary uh, after the break. So let's go to uh, today's selection uh, and we'll take comments from Sheikh Rizwan after that inshallah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of Allah. The absolutely merciful, the especially merciful. فَأَبَوْا أَن يُضَيِّفُوهُمَا فَوَجَدَا فِيهَا جِدَارًا يُرِيدُ أَن يَنْقَضَّ فَأَقَامَهُ قَالَ لَوْ شِئْتَ لَاتَّخَذْتَ عَلَيْهِ أَجْرًا Then they both proceeded, till when they came to the people of a town, they asked them for food, but they refused to entertain them. Then they found therein a wall about to collapse, And he set it up straight. Moses said, If you had wished, surely you could have taken wages for it. Khadr said, This is the parting between me and you. I will tell you the interpretation of those things over which you are unable to hold patience. أما السفينة فكانت لمساكين يعملون في البحر فأردت أن أعيبها وكان وراءهم ملك يأخذ كل سفينة غصبا As for the ship, it belonged to poor people working in the sea. So I wished to make a defective damage in it, as there was a king after them who seized every ship by force. وَأَمَّا الْغُلَامُ فَكَانَ أَبَوَاهُ مُؤْمِنَيْنِ فَخَشِيْنَا أَنْ يُرْهِقَهُمَا طُغْيَانًا وَكُفْرًا And as for the boy, his parents were believers, and we feared lest he should oppress them by rebellion and disbelief. فَأَرَدْنَا So we intended that their Lord should change him for them for one better in righteousness and nearer to mercy. And as for the wall, it belonged to two orphan boys in the town, and there was under it a treasure belonging to them, and their father was a righteous man. 
and your Lord intended that they should attain their age of full strength and take out their treasure as a mercy from your Lord. And I did it not of my own accord. That is the interpretation of those things over which you could not. Ayahs of Quran, uh, today's selection, and inshallah we'll be going for a comment uh, from Sheikh Rizwan before uh, the, the ad break. Um, Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Walaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Okay, Sheikh. Uh, so we were swift to get into the Uzr. Um, <laughs> Uh, those of you, uh, those of the listeners who haven't caught that uh, conversation uh, in last few episodes, just would like to uh, maybe start with that today. So there is ilm that we all ought to know, uh, mm-hmm. which is we all have, we, are, uh, we, we have this <coughs> duty to know what we need to know to live this life according to our faith, which is acquired knowledge. Mm. And then we also should seek for the wisdom, acquire this wisdom to understand and be content with the knowledge that we don't have, but we need to have this understanding that whatever happens has a reason and there is a bigger world which is unseen. Mm. And in that realm, things happen which we don't fully understand. Mm. And that's ilm ladunni. Is that the correct understanding? I don't know. It was your computer that crashed, not mine. <laughs> so, so the radio computer crashed. This massive computer that you have in in the in the in the studio crashed, so you couldn't um, do the stream apparently. So um, that's beyond <laughs> your capacity to control. I mean, you're you said you were ready to to transmit on time, but um, that's something that you control, and and you don't know the reason for it. Obviously, it's technical reasons, but uh, how you deal with that is based upon. Um, Accepting it and, and looking to mitigate and to move forward. Uh, so obviously that's been done. So alhamdulillah. Um, we, we, we live in, in, in this predicament of um, our own knowledge, um, what we can acquire, what we know, what we understand from experience. But also we at all moments in our lives understand something else, which is that Allah, the creator and sustainer of ourselves, um, may have something in store for us in the things that are happening to us, experiencing um, events that we obviously experience. They all have a, a specific purpose which is beyond our capacity to immediately comprehend, except that we can understand that there may well be something there. So the, the believer who's, who's, who's true in their faith will suffice with having they understand that there will be something behind it, even oh. if they can't understand it. So this kind of, it's it's sort of a, a kind of deficient wisdom that we have as believers. If we're true to our faith, then we we have deficient wisdom, which is we don't know exactly what it is, but we know what we need to do, which is act in sincerity. That's theme that comes up in the Quran is almost the, the agenda or almost like the manifesto of the Quran Iman and action that kind of pledge headline pledge of the, of the Quran um, is all we need, we need to do which is to, to keep acting well but before that have this faith that Allah is the best of planners and in fact the history of the world is in the, in, in the, in the, in the grasp of the, the best of planners 
So Allah says they pl- they plot and plan and Allah plots and plans and Allah is the best of planners. Hmm. So this idea that you know we can plan and we can plan good things it may not work but Allah's plan is essentially and ultimately the very best. And so that is how we live our lives and we're living through the covid context. Um every day is more confusing than the next. Um every message that comes out is and I was listening to a radio program through in which there was two experts in in viral viral medicine um talking contradicting themselves both from the top universities in in the UK mm. so one's a government advisor advising on policy the other one's from Oxford university uh, heading a, a task force on 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 prevention of of um, pandem- pandemics saying completely different things mm. so the confusion is we have confusion just in the outward knowledge of the facts that we know you understand so the things that we we can quantify examine capture discuss when we discuss them we differ upon what actually is happening do you understand and this is everybody all the greatest minds on the earth are are working on this and they can't be not doing anything else if you look at the bbc um news website for any new website for example every single news item is to do with covid yeah and that's like I would say like 48 news items on the on the front page yeah is about that topic and so every mind everything is geared towards this social policy um the government agendas everything to do with everything they've been talking about even things that were right at the top like brexit and and even like in Scotland devolution or independence everything has just taken a back seat because it's so important but when they come to analyze and examine these things the experts themselves are in a state of hayaran which is like kind of bewilderment over it now if that's the case with external knowledge which is quantifiable and 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 containable with the human mind uh, how do you understand the wisdom behind the thing that we're trying to argue argue about and get to the bottom of if we can't agree on on the, on the face value of what it is then how can we question the wisdom behind that face value and that's essentially what it is why um is this taking place and what does it have in store for us in our lives personally but also at what stage is this in 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 the context of further things that are going to happen to the human race because we know that um the earth has been inhabited by different types of you don't have to in fact be a religious person to understand this different types of species mm. that have been eradicated or extinct and in islam we also have this idea that we will become essentially extinct we'll come to nothing you know in scientific jargon that's been going extinct in religious jargon is that you know bani adam disappears from the face of this earth i think we both agree, we all agree both sides will agree that that's exactly what's going to happen yeah and so all we're looking at is a kind of discussion on the fact that there are two types of knowledge which one do we have more access to we don't even have access to what we think we have access to and that's what's so surprising you know like the technology of a computer got massive computer going down the whole infrastructure that's taken so long to prepare there's so many people behind the scenes in like in the radio station and still this disappears yeah then who are we and and what what right do we have to question the wisdom of god in what he does essentially and this mm. is exactly what's going to happen these sections that there was recited by the qari is essentially about this which is that khidr is making that protest and saying hada this is 
فراق بيني وبينك. This is the this is a parting between me and yourself. Because mm. we said that yesterday that there's a limit to how long outward knowledge and inward knowledge can remain together. Sure. More cor- correctly, how long outward knowledge and علم لدني, which is the secrets of why things happen, can remain together. They can't. It's like you know, put water into in, into oil or vice versa. You can mix it and you can say, well, I've got the mix, but give it some time. They, dis- they, they separate into two distinct um, types of, 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 of matter again. And this is exactly the same thing with ilm ladunni and ilm, which is acquired, muktasib, and is, is prone to mistake and error and forgetfulness. And so this essentially is what the Prophet Khidr is saying. And essentially it was, it's what you see around you, I think, as well, is that... You know, just you stay to your outward knowledge, the wisdom, leave it to God. And let's see how you get on with your outward knowledge. Even your outward knowledge will be um, open to dis- disagreement, dis- debate and confusion. And this is why even I you know, mentioned passing that even the Sharia, um, the Sharia is from Allah, but the fiqh is open to so many differences of opinion. So this is revealed law which comes down from the prophets. Uh, when we come to interpret it, we come end up having... Um, desperate differences in simple, simple points of law. So, if you look at uh, Imam Qudori's got this book, it's got a Tajreed, which is basically the issues of difference between the Maliki, sorry, the Hanafi and the Shafi'i school. Extensive, massive encyclopedia just on the differences in the two schools and the reasons of differences and the reasons, and then the arguments and debates. The point being that even in religious knowledge and wisdom. We may agree on the tenets, like the five pillars and and the and the, and the six elements of, of of faith, and certain uh, other issues. But when you get into questioning how that works, it always leads to extensive differences of opinion. Mm-hmm. And so the point is that even in knowledge we're given that we observe, like science, in the COVID context or religious knowledge, and the, they're both outward knowledges. We differ so much, so much disagreement. So we have no right to then question the wisdom of God in how He, um, you know, apportions life to people, death to people, wealth, poverty, affluence, development, um, backwardness, all these things. Um, we just look at what we can do. So, amanu wa amilu salihat, faith and good action. That's our. That's what we have to do. This on the table. For today's agenda is that not uh, sitting back after iftar thinking why why is God doing it now why didn't he do it after Hajj so we, at least we do Hajj this year mm. and we could get you know then we have enough time to go over it and then next year we'd go to Hajj again so at least we'll have Hajj no God did it right at the time when people are now confused on whether they can even go to Hajj it's like they're, oh, you're on your knees mm-hmm. without any choice you have no choice. Sheikh, I'm, I'm going to ask just to cover just this concept again. Just recap on this. قَالَ إِنْ سَأَلْتُكَ عَنْ شَيْءٍ بَعْدَهَا فَلَا تُصَاحِبْنِي قَدْ بَلَغْتَ مِنْ لَدُنِّي Okay, And then go on to the story, the actual episodes that we have within mm-hmm. the story today. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, the, the final two so that we can conclude inshallah today. مِنْ لَدُنِّي عُذْرَى So this is where we started. Okay, the computer crashed um, and I gave an excuse. That oh, we're late by 20 minutes because computer crashed. Is it? And, and th- that's the behavior that we need to check within ourselves. Uh, 
at what point would it be a reason and what point it becomes this other this excuse I, I mean a reason is a reason I mean you're giving a reason you're not giving a you're not kind of saying this excuses is, um this is um you know giving a, a an excuse of a type which becomes you know the arabs say that giving an excuse is worse than the initial shortcoming that you did mm-hmm. so if you did something bad you know if you then come and give me an excuse that's worse than the initial thing you did because just take just own it as they say yep. you know that expression own it <laughs> yeah take responsibility yeah take responsibility <laughs> and and so it, you have to look at whether there was responsibility or not if it's a technical issue there's no responsibility and so all you're doing is explaining what is happening you're not giving a you're not ex- having an excuse so all I was making was a kind of a private joke with you. No, understood. Well, um, on that, this, this I wasn't concept, making a deep theological point there. Huh? I mean, this has troubled me in mm-hmm. fully understanding what it actually means. Mm-hmm. You've got my thing going that we're thinking, mm-hmm. but you are not able to put in the right category mm-hmm. of what this ladunni uzra is. Mm-hmm. I haven't been able to fully understand the concept of there is laduni ilm i understand yes god sent knowledge yes right yes god coded knowledge yes allah's code yes that we don't understand only he understands the almighty mm-hmm. uh, he gives us some glimpses of mm-hmm. some of the knowledge to some mm-hmm. of the, some of us mm-hmm. not all of us yes what we as human race need to understand is there is that ilm that exists and we will never be able to understand everything in its full nature yeah we have to just accept some and move on mm-hmm. and this khizr and musa story mm-hmm. tells us the the depth of this concept mm-hmm. see the, the issue, yeah in this context a prophet talking to a prophet mm-hmm. and he is saying you have now obtained enough of an excuse and hence you can leave me now mm-hmm. so the, 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 the co- there's a contrast here which is expressed in the arabic so this is why my mind went to it when i was reading it a couple of days ago in, in the show because i didn't notice it until we actually started reading it that 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 um you could just leave it and and place it on the on, on the on, on the on the basis of rhyming rhythm and rhyme it's 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 paired and it's rhymed but essentially the story is is about the contrast between this this thing I mentioned just the last 10 minutes I've been speaking about this acquired knowledge which is both rational scientific experiential um and then also that includes the religious as well from the perspective of we have to understand it interpret it and explain it that's what the prophet Musa is is, is um essentially presenting because he is objecting to uh a ship being ruptured, which is morally um, repugnant to do, wrong to do, because you're damaging property. And you could also kill people by drowning them. Um, you, uh, so, and also from a scientific point of view, you're, you're affecting the way that you know, the, the, the ship lies on, on, the, on the sea. And the killing of a person, you're taking the lifeblood away, which is a medical issue, which is that will lead to death. But also religiously, it's something that's enshrined within all religious laws, that it's, it's a sin, the mortal sin of, of that. And then you've got just a, just an objection 
or observation that you know you could have taken some money for building the the the, the this this wall again hmm. and so on that aspect there's this worldly knowledge and that's lowly and and the contrast is between that and the prophet musa so the prophet musa and basically encompasses that type of knowledge and that type of experience and that world which is our world mm-hmm. and this is why it'll be interesting when we come to that now you have a, a reason from me which is an excuse mm. which is an excuse I, I, I'm giving you a reason to excuse me and leave me and walk away from me um, you got that and then you got the contrast between that and the Prophet Khidr who basically embodies this knowledge which is not tainted and and sullied and dirtied by the human mind because hmm. sharia is god's revealed law but when human beings attempt to do it the prophet said that the mujtahid if they if they do ijtihad and they um they they're, they're correct they get two rewards and if they do if they're wrong they get one reward the point is the possibility is there that the mujtahid makes a mistake and understand the quran sunnah and the source of Islamic law. But with the Prophet Khidr, it's distilled, pure, unadulterated wisdom of what actually is reality. Without it's almost decision like, making. Without, you know, like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that the affair with God is when he wants something to happen, he says, Kun fayakun. When God says it and wants, wants it to happen, that's a pure f- process of creation. Without any complications of human beings, it just happens purely for the wisdom that God wants it, and God knows exactly what He's doing. But when it happens and the 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 cone comes into play, which is you, me, everything else, that's when it becomes complicated and it becomes sullied by the human experience or or the temporal experience. And so, what's essentially happening is the Prophet Khidr is this pure vessel of ilm ladunni, and where does that come from? It comes from the source, which is God, which is God. So Allah says In the royal we He says From ourselves a knowledge Which means It is beyond Even pointing to where it comes from It's from Allah Hmm. Pure unadulterated wisdom Of why things essentially Take place And how they take place But then What do we have On the other hand Which is the Prophet Musa Is the only thing that we can source Is from ourselves and generally that is something that's naqas, naqs, is something that is blemished, is something that is tainted. And here, because it's in the context of um, there being in companionship and there being a contract that I'll keep in contact with you and keep in company with you as long as I don't disobey you or object to you, when that breaks it down, the breakdown is from milladunni, udra. It's from you and it, it emanates as an excuse. Hmm. So this is essentially what's happening. That from God, there is no ifs, no buts, it's pure knowledge. From the human being, it's all things that are um, sullied and things that are um, lowly, hmm. such as excuses. The whole point of having giving somebody an excuse is that you've done something wrong hmm. or you've done something under what you should have done, which indicates the the need of people towards God and his knowledge and the essential lack of human knowledge and human capacity which is here encompassed by the Prophet Musa So when he was saying, I'm the most knowledgeable, 
that sense of perfection of self, even if it was compared to human beings, should, needed to be humbled. Hmm. And the way that was humbled is that he was made to admit that the naqs is from himself. Hmm. So the hmm. humbling, when we talked, when I was when I was going through this specific story of Prophet Musa and Khidr, right from the beginning, I was pointing out, look, before even they've met, he's being humbled. Like, he he thinks that he's strong and powerful and knowledgeable and attentive. What we've been told, he's not. Before he meets Khidr. When he meets Khidr, he is way out of his depth. You know, it's like, you know, I don't know, what you like to watch, like football or cricket or, um, you know, yeah, chess or whatever. Cricket, yeah. You know, when somebody's out of their depth, you know, you have two people or two teams, once way at their depth, you realize very quickly. Yeah. When the Prophet Musa comes to this battle of basically thinking that he's going to see somebody who maybe he can compete with in terms of knowledge, clearly out of his depth, way out of his depth. Yeah. Because he has this other that he will then present. It's mm. like he's trying to cover up his tracks. Mm. Do mm. you understand? So when his knowledge comes, it's not knowledge, it's udhar. Because mm. remember, it, it, this, whole, this all starts from his issue of knowledge. It all starts from his claim to have knowledge which nobody else on earth has. And in the end, the thing he doesn't, he gives is not miladunni ilma that you now have, have if, you know, you've got knowledge from God, but here you have knowledge from me that I'm not that good. He doesn't go to the knowledge bit, he just goes to other bit. And so that statement for me really encompasses the contrast and the, the humbling of the Prophet Musa Ali salatu wasalam. And then that's why um, he then goes on to explain after, you know, after having, you know, accompanied him again, being given the excuse and being accepted in his excuse, seeing the wall that needs to be prepared, repairing it despite anything. And essentially doing a good action, you don't, when you do a good action, you never expect a reward for it. And so the Prophet Musa, it, it just further humbling. This is further humbling. I didn't mention it yesterday, actually. It just came to my mind now that the Prophet Musa, even in the, in the point of view of the Sharia or law or morality, if you do something good, you don't then go about saying, oh, give me money for it. Hmm. Like everybody knows that. Like you know that. I guarantee my daughter will know that she's like 10 years old. Like yeah. if you do something good, it's it's not really befitting that you then say that you wash the dishes, then you ask your mother for like some money because <clears throat> that whole def- defeats the whole purpose of doing good actions in Ramadan, for example. And so how can the Prophet Musa not know that, you know, helping out and just doing a good action and doing it for the sake of God is not a good, a good action? Like it is blameworthy to then expect a reward for that or some kind of payment for that and so that's a further humbling because it just shows he's way out of his depth in terms of knowledge and then therefore the Prophet Khidr says this is the, diff- this is the separation between you and myself and I'll tell you and it, this interesting is his generosity is such that he still has the generosity to say okay I could just walk away easily because look you've, you've failed bye bye you know mm. and um, you can Ask God to give you if, you if you have the courage now to ask God Humble yourself to ask God Okay, tell me what happened I'll tell you hmm. You know, it's like you're being defeated in wrestling And the person then teaches you how to wrestle And then he tells him about the three Specific stories Which 
He says, مَا لَمْ عَلَيْهِ صَبْرًا That you were unable to have patience with. Just, just rubbing in the salt. Hmm. Noticing, I'll tell you what happened. He's saying, these are the things that you're unable to be patient with. And he, says, he goes through this three, three in order. أَمَّ As for the ship, it belonged to Masakin, which are poor people. In other words, we understand to be a collective. They probably owned the ship collectively and used it to ferry people or to do other so things. So the first story is of the ship. Of the ship. And it belonged to people that were in need of the ship as a, as a cooperative for their livelihood just to eat. Um, they basically worked ferrying people, fishing, you know, transferring goods. Yeah, it belonged to poor people. Yeah, so it's, it's their livelihood. Hmm. And then he said, I wanted to make it defective or make a defective damage in it. Why? Because he knew something that we could not see, hmm. which is beyond this, where they were, there was a, a king or, or a tyrant beyond them who took each of the ships that came to his, his part of the, of the river, he took them by usurping the, their property, basically took it control. Let me say piracy. Of piracy. The king was a, essentially a, a, you know, a, a glorified pirate. And so that indicates this idea of foreknowledge, that God's foreknowledge is such that um, we don't know why things happen, but God knows in the future what will happen. And it essentially is, is like in, 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 in Asul al-Qawaid, there's this idea of, of the greater benefits. So which is more beneficial to the masakin now? So you've got two options. One is lose the, lose the ship, bye-bye. Other one is I'll damage it, but you repair it. And you basically blame me for it. But, you know, I don't mind because... And you probably will never know that, you know, the reason I'm doing it is this, but mm. you probably all your life's, you know, swear against that person mm. and hold this grudge against that person all your life. And to be honest, you know, the, the people that are elevated... And I think very few people would be of that, that nature. They will take the hit to their grave and you know, take the hit for something they've never, they've never done and never have the need to explain to people what they did because they have such faith in God that they know that you know, the whole the registering and accounting is not here, it's in the hereafter. It's like, you know, the, very, you know, the more people become conscious of God... The more it's like the thing that comes to mind is Hazrat uh, Aisha radiallahu anha when she was accused by the munafiqun, the hypocrites of Medina of of the affair of um, of Ifkand and the Bani Mustariq. Hmm. She she just said my affair is with God. She didn't even present proofs. She didn't present any um, you know, kind of document, documentation, witnesses. She just said, look, I'm sure in what I've done and I'm happy. Hmm. And that's it. And then the revelation came absolving her of any blame. The ifq. Yeah. So that is, I mean, that is this level of, of faith in Allah that is unshakable. And essentially that is what um, it happens in life, that there's sometimes situations where you know, you could you could do something and nobody knows about it until afterwards. And I've noticed this. I mean, this is something that um, is a trait of the awliya, the people of God, who very few people know about. You know, um, 
there's one one of our um, teachers um, and, and 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 masters of of in, in Sham, Sheikh um, Shukri Lahafi. He 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 was extremely humble, and and we didn't know it was a humility. We knew about it. Well, people knew about it, and the, but the things, the episodes that happened, nobody knew about them until he died. So his his attendant, who used to travel with him and help him, ended up telling a lot of telling people about what these situations were like. Mm-hmm. So he was invited to one famous one was when he was invited um, to a, 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 a congregation of all the scholars of D- Damascus, all the famous scholars, um, to honor them and just to um, help them. So he was told to come at a certain time. He arrived so early that he ended up putting out the chairs. You know, like, so he arrived so early, he ended up putting out the chairs and, and cleaning the place. And then nobody knew who he was, but then he ended up, you know, kind of waiting ar- around, you know. T- and his attendant didn't tell people about that until after he passed away. And the reason was that he didn't want to make it a scene that he was arriving, you know, on time. And then people said, oh, how are you doing? And then... You know, one of our teachers, Sheikh um, Fawaz Nimr, he, uh, he said that he went to a ta'ziyah, somebody had passed away. Mm-hmm. And he obviously went and he, and he sat. And he said some of, some of the students, they came, the elder students that are, you know, kind of about to graduate and things, they came, but they didn't come into the place, you know, in the Middle East, they have a, mm-hmm. a place, a big hall where they do ta'ziyah. Mm-hmm. He said that I saw them loitering outside because they wanted to be an, announced to have come. Mm. To the ta'aziyah mm. Yep Like Somebody's died You go to pay respects But these students felt such um, Pride in their in their knowledge That they they were kind of waiting for somebody to say You know on the There was a microphone That you know Sheikh Talib the Great um, You know <laughs> <laughs> Yes that They wanted the entrance Yeah Do, do we not see that? No, no, that's what I'm saying. So, <laughs> do you not see that every day? <laughs> so, no, so, the point is, the nafs can be of such an elevated station yes. that it can do things for the sake of Allah and not even look back to see what the effects of a good action is. And to the point that they for, you forget what the good action was. Or oh, did I do that? I, don't, I can't remember. To the person that will keep that registered and say, remember that good action I did. Mm. It's the nature of, of life. And that's essentially what is happening here. Um, in, in, the, in, the, in the story of the Safina, the type of mindset that lets you understand what's wara'ahum, what's beyond this, is a person that just looks towards what God uh, wants and doesn't think about the details of everything. And so that story is, is very clear. You go for the greater benefit. And then the second story is Ammal Ghulam, as for the story of the, of, the, of the young boy, which I mean is. V- um, vicious to be honest to mm-hmm. just to come to a child and kill it and you have to say yes Musa had to um, remonstrate and object the Sharia says you have to so mm-hmm. how could he not and the interesting here is it tells you it creates a contrast of this poor innocent soul on the on this face of it and then the contrast of that pure innocent soul when it becomes an adult and becomes the tyrant and rebels against everything that is that the parents would want, then it doesn't become that poor innocent child anymore. Mm. And then the parents themselves would, would in, in their minds think, if only I had, 
You know, do you understand? I've heard this from parents, mm. you know, in Urdu or Punjabi that, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah. know the, you know the, you, the situation that we have. Um, but you have in every society, you have um, people that have done the most heinous crimes and they, and, and they interview their parents and they say he deserves worse than what he's got. Like they're going five life sentences or yeah. the death sentence or whatever it is. The parents disown mm. because something went wrong. And the thing is, the interesting here is something goes wrong between the innocence of that child. And they have all these studies of on on on, on um, mass murders and things when their children and their and the kind of the purity and all the rest of it. Something happens mm. along the line which makes them turn to something else. And what's interesting here is that that contrast is created to the point that we really can't object. Because the story is that they, the the child had two parents who were believers, who in other words they had the faith was very important to them, and what is it they, um, and we feared least he should oppress them by rebellion and disbelief. In other words, he would. Fakhashina is in, in in Arabic it means we were fearful that in other words might might happen might not happen. Here it means we knew. He knew. And what would they do? He would spill their 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 souls with tughyan, uh, which is rebellion and disbelief. Mm. In other words, outwardly and inwardly. In other words, outwardly they would they would just dis- dis- be destructive, and also in terms of internally putrid and 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 um, beyond repair. Mm. And so, who wouldn't? So the ghulam here is innocent. Until you see the adulthood, and then you see the whole thing, and that's the that's the kind of thing about your nurture and your nature. Um, your nurture has an effect on you, but the nature of the person at some point um, does come through, mm-hmm. and that's the divine wisdom that sometimes we have. And, and the poet says, You know, whatever a person, um, whatever a person's internal state is, even if they try and hide it. It will become apparent at some point. So if you have a person who appears to be like, you know, let's see, you know, like a pious, and they come across as being very soft and pious, and then something happens, you just see the real nature. Mm. We're, you know, swearing and cursing and hitting and extortion, and they just turn to their natural disposition. Mm. And the opposite as well, a person that you feel is irreligious and foul-mouthed, all of a sudden they become soft at an event that happens in life and they turn to their real nature. At some point, the poet is saying that at some point your real underlying core will become apparent at some point through something. Hmm. And essentially this is you know, one of those things. And then the last story is... Um, Can we come back to this after, yes. after the ad break, inshallah? Hmm. Um, time just now is 9 o'clock. Going for a short ad break uh, while we're having commentary on a selection from Surah um, Surah Kahf, uh, the story of Musa alayhi salam. Um, Iqbal has a very interesting uh, rendering of poems on this one. Uh, he actually in fact has an entire book called zarb kalim Mm. Out of one of his five Urdu books, mm-hmm. one is called Zarbe Kalim. Zarbe Kalim. Yeah, Mojaza Ehle Fikr Falsafa, page page, Mojaza Ehle Zikr, Musao Fir'an Otur. 
मोजा अहले फिक्र फलसफा पेच पेच समझ नहीं आता मोजाए अहले जिक्र मूसाओ फिर ओन तूर किश्ती मस्किन जान पाक दीवार यतीम इल्म मूसा भी है तेरे सामने हैरत फरोश सो द स्टोरी ऑफ मूसा इस्लाम इज फैसिनेटिंग इन इन मैनी वेज एनी वे द इंटायर स्टोरी ऑफ मूसा इस्लाम द वन दैट इज मैंशन हेयर इज वन ऑफ मैनी ऑफ द फैसट्स द मूसा इस्लाम स्पीच विद अल्लाह सुबहान तूसलाम चाइल्डहुड द वे ही सार्टेड इज जर्नी ऑफ लाइफ इन इन द कसर ऑफ फेरो दैट इन इजसेल्फ इज समथिंग विच इज़ एक्स्ट्रॉडनरी and then rabbi inni lima anzalta ilayya min khairi faqir that dua that the 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 act that led to that dua that in itself is um quite uh, gripping and then this story which is a preamble to understanding the third dimension the the realm that we don't understand ilm al-dunya and here uh, just before the ad uh, i said this uh, i read this piece of poetry from iqbal that mujza ahl fikr falsafa pech pech mujza ahl zikr musa o firaun utur so the, the, the entire book is on uh, how iqbal is fascinated with khizr alayhi salam himself yeah. uh, and his interaction with uh, with musa alayhi salam uh, and the last bit of uh, the story sheikh the viewer Yes the last the last story well the last episode that oh, of the of this yeah. yeah of the actual um you know companionship is interesting because it's of the it's the least of the things in, in fact it's not even an objection if you remember it is he just suggested that you could have at least got something for your work of building a, a wall it's not an easy thing to build a wall you know it's probably a drywall which means he had to re reassemble the, the the stones that fallen down but still it's a sizable piece of work um and it's that that's that small as i said before that's the the, the straw that broke the camel's back and then the prophet khidr if his generosity tells him about each of those and why he's doing what he's doing just to put the heart of the prophet musa is that there's certain things that he will never understand you know there's certain things that he will never understand so it's just his his life experience he will take to his grave mm. grave meaning as prophets they go to the grave but they remain as the prophet as mentioned the prophet so the prophet musa alive praying in his grave so it's it's a, a de- departure from the world um and so the last one is this the least of the the, the problematic ones which is the 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 actual wall and it's story straightforward it belonged to two people to um orphans living within the city and underneath it there was a there was a, a treasure and what was happening is the wall was becoming you know was was collapsing and as it as it collapsed the wealth that was placed underneath it by the by their parents um they knew that it was their land they would know they would come to know it was there but what was happening is it was it was going to collapse before they would be able to, to make use of it and their guardian would be oppressive and he would make use of it or she would make use of it um and that's essentially what happens wakana abuhuma saliha this is interesting because the reason why this is being done is as a as a gesture of honoring their father who was salih mm-hmm. so the, the kind of light motive here is that 
even in your life, if you if you live a pure life, that that effect carries beyond what you'll ever see yourself. So the father would never have seen the act of Khidr, mm. would never know that he was part of this story that is going to be part and parcel of the Quran, which is recited in Taraweeh and studied and discussed in radio shows and etc. etc. His salah, his purity and his his righteousness meant that not only did Khidr come to his rescue, but that the, the whole process is captured by the divine speech of Allah. And that's like, you know, if you live your life pure pure and, and, and clean and with the best of intentions, and things don't go as you planned, which is you leave, you know, this is heartbreaking because he's left to orphans. Mm. You can imagine... You know, the, the, it doesn't tell you. You can imagine the, the the father may have passed away of natural causes, may have passed away due to um, being killed. But imagine he passed away of natural causes, seeing that he's leaving behind two of his children mm. who are at the behest of probably a very oppressive uncle or or guardian that is going to you know make them work and take their wealth, all, all the rest of it. So the pain of that for the the father would have been such that he would question why is Allah putting me through this? Mm. So we can imagine the whole psychology and mindset of that. But, you know, the whole thing is the time and the and the wisdom and the, the end result of something is something not known to us. As we didn't know in any of the other stories, we don't know it here. And so the Prophet Khidr is sent to his aid. And, he, and what's said is, فَأَرَادَ رَبُّكَ It's your Lord who has... Who has wanted and willed that they reach uh, their their strongest uh, maturity, so that they can take the wealth and this treasure as a mercy from their Lord? So Allah is directly interfering to ensure their safekeeping. Mm-hmm. That's the nature of uh, God's care: is that <coughs> He is. It's Allah who, who is wanting to envelop them in his compassion and wants them to be connected with their their wealth. Hmm. And he says, وَمَا فَعَلْتُهُ an amri." I didn't do this on my own accord. In other words, such a fascinating thing because he's sent by God to do this. It's almost as if the Prophet Musa is an excuse for him to go to this this wall, build it, because Allah has ordered him to do it. And in the in the in passing, he's just teaching the Prophet Musa that you know, there's a massive chasm between acquired knowledge or even inspired knowledge from God, which is revelation, and ilm ladunni, which is the pure, unadulterated wisdom of why things happen, which is ilm ladunni. So remember, revelation is not ilm ladunni. Hmm. So ilm ladunni is the ultimate, it's almost like what's in the law al mahfuz, like what is the reason why something's going to happen and when it's going to happen. So the source of ilm ladunni is the mahfuz. Not always, not completely, but, but it, it can go it, as far as that. Yes, because you know the law al mafool what's 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 registered there from what we what we know of it being registered mm. can change, and that's what the interesting is that scholars say that the the, the angels read what's on the law al mafool in Laytul Qadr, and they look to implement it, and when they see the implementation taking place, they see it didn't happen as it was registered, and it's to show them. That if a human being does something, such as give charity or make dua, that can have such an effect that it can Allah can decide that they sign their own decree. Hmm. That's the nature of God's decree, which is that everything that you do 
is known by God. Even if you're about to do something, you change it, that was known by God. So you can never go outside the knowledge of God. It's all within the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so it's Allah that is wanting to help them. And he said, I didn't do this from my own accord. And he says, in the end, this is interpretation of those things over which you could not have patience. And so the end of it is just a reminder that lack of patience, that lack of um, ability to bear what he signed up to. He signed up to the, the test. The Prophet Musa was told by God to go. He went. He was obedient. But as soon as he gets there, he realizes that he's beyond his depth. Everything that happens is forgetfulness of where he was supposed to go, the the lack of focus on the sign that would tell him he's where he's where he should be. From there all the way to his suhbah with the Prophet Khidr, the ghafla does not disappear. The ghafla on the fact that he is under the care of somebody who has direct knowledge from God of wisdom mm. doesn't sink in. And it's almost as if it's saying that human beings can never know that. So if the Prophet Khidr, as you were saying, you know, the Prophet Khidr mm. was spoken to by God, the Prophet Khidr was honoured by God being, by, by being Ulil Azam, he's one of the prophets on the on the celestial heavens, you know, all these things one after another. And why is he being humbled? The reason he's being humbled is that if that Prophet of that nature cannot fathom ilm ladunni, then it's not for human beings to fathom. And so we, we sleep, rest assured that if a prophet of that nature cannot understand the details of why things are happening, we shouldn't bother. What we should bother with is the headline, which is, you know, everything that Allah does is with an intense, wise wisdom. Like Imam Ghazali says, لَيْسَ فِي الْأَمْكَانِ It's not possible to have a better form of creation than the present form of creation, even despite the things that we find Difficult to fathom, difficult to accept, difficult to come to terms with. And that is such a humbling thing. This story that's coming to an end, uh, this part, this from from the selection, uh, inshallah tomorrow will be وَيَسْأَلُونَكَانْ ذِلْقَرْنَيْنَ قُلْ سَأَلْتُ عَلَيْكُمْ مِنْهُ ذِكْرَ So the story Zulqarnayn will start. Just before this, while this is concluding, I'm going to choose the words well carefully. So Quran is there to add value to our life, mm-hmm. to understand our life better, uh, to understand how to live our lives in in a way that is better than the way we are living just now. Mm-hmm. So this story with three episodes here mm-hmm. uh, in last few moments, how does it add value to my life? It tells you just mind your own business. Okay. Very simple. Like don't don't inquire after things that if they become apparent to you, the sukkum harm you. That's what the Quran says. Do not ask after things that if they if you inquire after them and you find them out, they harm you because it's of no benefit to you to know the details of why something's happening. Everybody on earth has a question of why this specific thing has happened to them. Some people have a list of things why these things have happened to but them. Without being inquisitive, you you can progress mm-hmm. all this progress that we see yeah. is because of curiosity mm-hmm. all because we are inquisitive we want to ask questions we want to understand yes asrar. but what we're talking about is the ultimate why not the why because i mentioned this in one of the other previous episodes children ask why 
and they will keep asking why on the same thing that they're asking. Mm. It's unending. The ultimate why, which is the wisdom behind that, is not for us to fathom. All the other things you answer. So mm. if a child asks you when they eat, drink water or milk, why? You can keep explaining the ultimate purpose of why am I alive then? Because ultimately, so you can stay alive. Why mm. am I alive? You, it becomes, you short circuit the whole thing. If I'm alive and I have to go through difficulty, why if I have to go through difficulty when I'm not choosing to be alive? There's a certain point where the why stops. And the issue is that that point you mind your own business. So ilm al-nafiyah. Ilm al-nafiyah, you get on with it. The you know COVID crisis, how can we mitigate it? How can we develop um, antibodies to it? How can we create a vaccine? How can we stop it coming to source from its source origins in the first place? That's fard. You know, so the dua of Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam So that's a um, very famous dua That asks you for um, Beneficial knowledge And a heart that is tranquil And provision that is pure That's uh, That can never be nafi' The why, the ultimate why Is not going to be nafi' for you Not to be beneficial to you Because if you know it You'll have people killing children do you understand? The whole point is If that was beneficial to you You would be going onto a ship And, and rupturing it so Essentially is the, the, the definition of madness hmm. Do you understand? So how is it nafiq that you do things that You're ordered by the outward laws of the world Whether it's religious or temporal That you're incar- incarcerated or disciplined at the very least So it's not beyond Min husn islami yeah, from the beauty of a person's faith is that they leave what does not concern them. That's all we have for today's reflections. Inshallah, we'll be back tomorrow. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Thank you for listening to Radio Ramadan 365 podcasts. Make sure to visit our Radio Ramadan website at rr365.co.uk to access all of our podcasts. Stay tuned on our social channels for future content. 